eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Glad that you are here with me for today's podcast. A little bit different of a podcast today because I wanted to add a couple different interviews that I did together because I thought it made for a compelling story that kind of revolves around American history and baseball history all in one. So my birthday was last week. Those of you who uh, didn't listen to the the sit down that I had with Maggie Hendricks, Maggie and I share a birthday. It was last Thursday, which is June 6th, which is also D-Day when the uh, Allied forces stormed the beaches of Normandy. And, and there's been a lot of discussion about that over the last couple of days. And for good reason, considering it's the 75th anniversary of that happening, you think about how many people died trying to push back against the the axis of evil it's it's a very humbling thing to to think about how young people were how scary that must have been when those boats open up and there's just a barrage of bullets and death as those troops are trying to make it to the beachhead it's 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 scary. It's humbling. It, it's you understand why people have so much reverence for that generation because of the the things that they had sacrificed. Inside that, I I know that we know some of the military stories of people in baseball that were involved in World War II. Yogi Berra was a part of D Day. He was manning a machine gun trying to, to provide some some cover for the soldiers. Ted Williams, his military story is legendary. You know, that crazy 2010 eyesight that he had made him an incredible fighter pilot. Hank Greenberg's service has always been talked about. I ran across a piece in the Kansas City Star about some of the Negro League players that were part of the the Normandy invasion too. And quite honestly, like I didn't know that much about it. So it was good to to learn some of this stuff. Uh, Willard Brown, Leon Day, 
two of many Negro Leagues players that were part of the 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 war effort. D-Day specifically for those guys, but the war effort overall. And if you remember, not unlike baseball, the United States military was really segregated. So it was difficult, even though I think there were about 200,000 African-American soldiers who participated in World War II, you couldn't have black and white soldiers fighting on the same side, which you know really puts into perspective the, the concept of freedom. And you had these people who were fighting for an ideal that wasn't all the way realized in the country that they were fighting for which I I think is a really interesting juxtaposition of history in America. And we see it over and over again uh, throughout American history that that is sometimes the case. But I was glad to get some education uh, in in that regard from the piece, and I thought it was fantastic, and I I wanted to talk about it and the, the Negro Leagues as a history lesson overall. Which brings me to the conversation. I'm not trying to have like a super heavy conversation with you today about this. It just all kind of came together because a couple of weeks ago, I was doing the show across the street from Wrigley and Gordon Wittenmeyer and I, I I don't know if we, I guess we could say that we're friends. If you give someone a gift, like I think that's, that's definitely a budding friendship. Gordon and I, uh, I give Gordon grief. That's a that's a fantastic uh, alliterative sentence right there. I give Gordon grief because it took him a long time to figure out GIFs on Twitter. And then I explained to him how he could use them on Twitter. And he has since been doing a great job of using GIFs on Twitter. I say GIFs like the peanut butter. And Gordon was wearing a Homestead Grays cap in the Cubs clubhouse. And I loved it, and I recognized it right away. Some people think that it's Georgetown. Anthony Rizzo had no idea what it was and thought that it was G for Gordon, which was tremendously disappointing. But we talked about the the Homestead Grays, and he said to me that he had a hat that was a flat bill, and he doesn't really wear flat bills. So he offered it to me, and I was like, hell yeah, I already have one Homestead Grays hat, I'll I'll take another. And and let me just say, I have one of the the things that I did when I was in Pittsburgh was I kind of went and sought out some of that history. Pittsburgh's a really fascinating place for baseball fans, and I noticed this, uh, my wife and I were going to see the Pirates play. PNC Park, by the way, if it's not on your list of places to go, put it on your list of places to go. It is fantastic. Any hoozle, what I noticed walking into the game, which I haven't noticed in other ballparks, whether it's Wrigley or Sox Park, Milwaukee, like any place that I've gone, I've thought that that Pittsburgh is unique in this regard. There were gaggles of female African-American fans coming into the Pirates game. So African-American women as a slice of the baseball pie, not really a big slice of it. But in Pittsburgh, it it is really pre- – like, you you notice it. Like, it, I, I was looking around like, wow, this is impressive because I don't ordinarily see that at Sox games or, or Cubs games or wherever else I go see a game at. 
it was it was very prevalent and very profound and i i enjoyed seeing that and i think it's because you have such a rich tradition of black baseball in pittsburgh going all the way back to the negro leagues like the homestead grays and pittsburgh crawfords and then you add in the pirates teams of the the 70s and i think that culturally it was one of those teams that was able to connect to a lot of different subsections of the population. So I was really honored to get the the cap from Gordon. And I also enjoyed talking about the Negro Leagues with Gordon. Now I can tell you, once baseball season is over, maybe I can convince Gordon during All-Star break that he and I should sit down and talk about Negro League Baseball, like for a whole segment, you know, or a whole podcast. I think he'd be down with it. He's he's written some really cool stuff. Like he he wrote about he connected it to he did a, a column about the connection of the Negro League players to Tim Anderson, which got him a lot of love and a lot of hate. And I'd love to kind of talk to him about that in, in a in a format where we have more time to do it and wouldn't be interrupted or anything like that. So it's it's on my list of things that I want to discuss with him, and hopefully I'll get him on the podcast. But I got him on the radio show. Like, he actually said to me, he's like, hey, are you going to be at Wrigley anytime soon? I said, yeah, I'm doing my show from across the street. Can you come over? And he said, yeah. He's like, I'll bring you the hat, you know, before first pitch. Cool. So he came over and brought me the hat. It's a dope hat. I'll take a picture of it and throw it up on on Twitter or Instagram. So, so you know, I mean, it's real simple. The Homestead Grace hat, real simple. Gray with a block G in, in navy blue. Uh, it looks fantastic, and I look good in it. I'm not going to lie to you. I look real good in it. So Gordon came over, and we had a conversation about that. And I wanted to share it with you. It's only a few minutes. But I wanted to share it with you so that you could understand his passion for Negro Leagues baseball and why it's important, not just for those of us who love baseball, but that Venn diagram of us who love baseball and American history and understand the connection that the game itself has been in that regard. So take a listen. This is our conversation. Gordon wears a, a, uh, a hat with a G on it inside the Cubs clubhouse, and all people think that it's just set for Gordon. Yeah, including Rizzo. Which was upsetting that he didn't know that it was the Homestead Grays hat, and he, he had another one, and he actually is giving this hat to me. Because you're not a flat bill guy? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I can't pull that look off, man. Well, I can't. So I'm going to be wearing <laughs> it. So big thanks to Gordon for coming by. Hey, you, you got it. You have a lot of... Uh, I mean, one of these days I want to do like a long form, like sit down with you about the history of the game, the Negro League in particular. But you are someone who who loves this particular part of the history of the game. Why? Well, it's as big a part of the history of the game as, as any other part of the history. And, and, and in fact, um, I, I did a series of stories uh, over a decade ago, and they it centered around uh, the All-Star game being in uh, – in Pittsburgh at a time when uh, black players, black American players, uh, were on a steep, steep decline in the game. And, that, and that's really continued, and there's, there's so many reasons for it. But uh, I wanted, 
Pittsburgh in particular has this very rich baseball history, very rich professional baseball history that has nothing to do with the Pirates. If you go back to the 1930s, they might have had the greatest team in the history of baseball in 1932 on a Pittsburgh Crawfords. They stole a lot of their players from the Grays, but they had five Hall of Famers on that team. There were two teams in Pittsburgh that were better than the Pirates in the 1930s, and it's just fascinating. And um, it, it's a massive part of history, and, and any baseball lover that doesn't understand that part of history really doesn't understand the history of the game and is uh, doing themselves a disservice by not finding out more. When did you know that that was something that, how did it draw you in? Like, when, how old were you? Were you already working in the business, or had this always been in you when, oh, as a fan? Yeah, I was a, you know, I was a baseball fan and, and, and fell in love with the game as a kid, and I would read everything there was to read on it. So you'd, you'd run, not nearly enough, but you'd run across some stories or some references, and then the older you get, the, the more you find, and the more you find out, the more you want to find out, and, and so it was a gradual process. By the time I, I was, uh, you know, around the game all the time, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, I, was, I learned a lot more, I read whole books on, on uh, uh, players, Negro League players, and then, and then covering baseball, I went to the Can Museum in Kansas City a number of times. And I talked to Buck O'Neill every chance I got and found out uh, just, some, just some amazing anecdotes and personal stories as, as well as uh, sort of the cultural f fabric of the league, too, which was incredible. I mean, the, the, in its heyday, the, the Negro Leagues traveled in the same circle as some of the greatest jazz musicians in history. And the neighborhoods where they hung out, including the south side of Chicago and Harlem, uh, 18th and Vine District in Kansas City, uh, it, it, they were the same place. The, the players and the musicians oftentimes would find themselves in the same place at the same time and partying in the same places. And It's just, it just fantastic stories and a great part of American history that goes so overlooked. So as I said, at some point, Gordon and I are going to do a whole podcast where it's just that stuff. And I'm looking forward to it. I think he's really bright. I think that he's got a sharp wit. I think that he is an irritant, and I think that sometimes we need irritants covering the teams that we care about, and Gordon is good at doing that, at digging and digging, but he has a sincere passion for Negro Leagues baseball, and I'm, I'm happy, I'm, I'm very happy to call him friend and colleague, and I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about that. After talking with Gordon... I thought about a conversation that I had way back. So if you've been listening to Loho Daily, like if you just kind of jumped on the bandwagon, the first episode of Loho Daily is a conversation that I had with Bob Kendricks, who is amazing. Bob Kendricks runs the Negro League Museum in Kansas City. He is one of the foremost authorities on Negro Leagues baseball in America. And I love talking to him. And what Gordon said kind of sparked something that I wanted to bring back with Bob and the, the idea of the connection to American history. I, I thought it was cool when Bob was kind of talking about that. And we, we did it in a couple different ways. And you'll hear momentarily about that. But Bob was telling me stories about players that had come to the museum and specifically we were talking about Latino players that had come to the museum and you'll hear him talk about your Donna Ventura, but it also gave him a chance to talk about Buck O'Neill, the, the Negro leagues great that probably still doesn't get his due for what 
he did for the game and elevating the game, not just during his playing days, but after his playing days. But you'll hear kind of the same thing, along with a discussion about Effa Manley, who was a woman who owned a team. And her story is a little mysterious, and and I think that it deserves its own podcast. I know I've teased like two different podcasts, but if you don't like, just Google Effa Manley, and you'll find out. But but not until you hear Bob talk about it and talk about the reasons why some of this stuff is so important. Well, Buck can relate to that because no matter how good they were in the Negro leagues, there was that same level of skepticism. You did that in the Negro League, but you can't do that in the Major League. So what happens? These guys go up and do the same thing in the Major League once the door was open for them. And I think Buck identified that with Ichiro, and they just became almost kindred spirits uh, during the time that Buck was still alive and Ichiro was playing and making his visits to the museum and Buck out at the cage, sitting around the cage and talking and that whole nine yards. And, and I think we saw Buck impact so many of the – young major league stars of all colors, uh, but particularly the young African-American and Hispanic ball players. And, and one of my favorite stories, uh, the late Giordano Ventura, uh, when he was in double-A baseball, the Royals each year bring them here to the museum, and as they do with their players and pitchers of the year from all levels of minor league organization. And at that time, he didn't speak very good English, but he had his translator with him, and I'm taking them on a tour of the museum, and I'm telling all these stories about Satchel Paige. And when we get on the field of legends at the museum, where we have this life-size statue of Satchel, Giordano, who is from the Dominican Republic, he goes over and he rubs elbows with Satchel. Well, if you remember that year when he was in double-A baseball, he gets promoted to the big show. Mm-hmm. And he told all of his guys that when they come to the museum, you rub shoulders, elbows with Satchel Page because it's going to help you get to the major <laughs> <laughs> He truly believed that the spirit of Satchel got him to the major league and, and that big leap from double-A to the big team. And, you know, but that's – I love the fact that we're relating these stories to all of the athletes, regardless of what color you are, because that's the beauty of the Negro League. They didn't care what color you were. They didn't care what gender you were. So you had women playing in the Negro Leagues. You had women who were executives on teams in the Negro Leagues. That speaks to the inclusiveness of this of this, this rich piece of history and why it is so profoundly important that we don't lose this history. It's almost like you're reading from my sheet of questions now because I wanted to, to ask you about Effa Manley. Yes, Effa Manley, the first woman own and operate a professional team. She and her husband, Abe, owned the Newark Eagles. But it was Mrs. Manley who ran the day-to-day operations of that baseball team. And, Lawrence, she knew the business of baseball as well as any man. Great talent play for her. My dear friend, again, the late, great Monty Irvin, Larry Doby, who would integrate the American League just weeks after Jackie, Willie Wells, Leon Day. These guys are all in the National Baseball Hall of Fame, all played for Effa Manley's Newark Eagles. The late, great Don Newcomb, who we just lost a few weeks ago, played for Effa Manley's Newark Eagles. She's the first woman to be nominated and inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And so the Negro League plays this amazing role in opening doors, 
not only for those of color, but also creating gender-based opportunities as well, uh, opportunity for women to participate. And, and that's why I talk about the inclusive nature of what the Negro League represents. All of that is embodied inside this story. And so as you can well imagine, when the average visitor comes here, this is brand new for them. You know, and they are amazed by what they learn and a little dismayed by the fact that I just now had an opportunity to learn it. Why didn't I know this when I was going to school? Well, as you and I both know, American historians, man, did us a tremendous disservice. They kept this wonderful piece of baseball and Americana away from us. So countless generations of us have gone through our own formal education without knowing one of the most significant chapters, not in baseball history, but in American history. And, and, and I think that's what makes this story so profound and so compelling and so awe-inspiring for the thousands of people each year when they make their way to Kansas City. But I think it's also why it's so important that we as an institution make sure that this story is available to any and everyone, whether they ever make their way to Kansas City or not. It's too important to leave isolated in Kansas City. And the transcending nature of what this history still represents today is vitally important for our young people to be introduced to this story. So that's Bob, man. I'm looking forward. Hopefully I'll get a chance to see him as I think, think he will be on a panel that I'm doing for the double duty classic Ted double duty Ratcliffe, another guy who deserves his own pot. Okay. So now I've just decided that here's what we'll do. How about this? How about I pick out a week and I do a whole Negro leagues week. And we can delve into some of these stories. Does it sound like a good idea? I actually think it's kind of a great idea. I'll bring in some of my friends who know more about the subject than I do and talk with them about it. All right? All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something from it. Um, I'm glad that I could marry my birthday, D-Day, Negro Leagues Baseball, American History, like all together in one podcast. And uh, I'm really... I'm really happy that this gives me the opportunity to do some of that stuff where I don't know if I would be able to, I don't mean physically, like I'm physically able to do stuff like this on the show, but I don't know if the formatting of a sports radio show, a local sports radio show really lends itself to doing stuff like this, but a podcast does where I could go in and do a little bit more production and bring stuff back that's relevant to the conversation. And I'm glad that it's here, quite honestly. I'm, I'm really glad that I'm starting to get a foothold on what I want the podcast to be. And I think that it is uh, improved because of that. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for listening. Go back and check out former episodes. Uh, most of this stuff is evergreen. Occasionally I talk about a game, but most of this stuff is evergreen. You can go back and actually check something out. But I do appreciate all of you that have subscribed. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. It's good stuff. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 